Hello there, I'm Tim Morrison and you're listening to the Wellington Hustle Interview Project, a place showcasing Wellington's entrepreneurs sharing their experiences to inspire those to come. In this interview, I talk to Gertrude Machi. Gertrude describes herself as a social serial entrepreneur. Her latest passion is an empowerment conference with a big goal. Her story, a social change project, aims to host 1,000 conferences to empower, connect, and create community for 1 million women worldwide. Originally from Zimbabwe, Gertrude settled in Wellington, New Zealand in 2001. The Her Story conference was founded in 2019 and has already taken on a life of its own. All right, without further ado, let's dive in and listen to Gertrude's interview. All right, to start off with, if I could just get you to give me a rundown of who you are and where you come from and what okay. you're working on, I guess. Ah, okay, so I call myself a serial social entrepreneur. I believe money is an energy that we need to channel to different places where it's needed. Yep. And so my whole life I have created businesses to make a difference in the world. The Her Story conference came like a diagram. I was sleeping, I was dreaming with my eyes open, it's the only way I can describe it. But I came out of meditation with a visual image of silos of 10, groups of 10 women that could connect with 10 women and 10 and 10 and 10. And then I just wrote on Facebook eight weeks ago, if I was to curate a series of conferences in a thousand locations around the world, with a hundred speakers in each location who would be interested. I now have a database with 2,000 speakers. I have 280 locations locked in. I have 10 conferences fully sponsored. And this thing is just literally creating itself. It's, it's gonna be one of the, the best business ideas I've ever hit on. We are curating a series of anthologies of all of the women's stories. They each contribute five to 10,000 words and we publish a book. So we have 100 women at each location. There will be 10 stories in each book. The front cover of the book is that woman's story. The first story is hers and then nine other stories. And so I'm using that as the fundraiser for the conference and I'm asking every woman to sell 30 copies of the book. So we will sell 3,000 books per location, we'll generate $60,000. It'll pay for the venue, the food, everything. I started interviewing all of the speakers who came in in the beginning. And I thought each of these women has got a gift for me. I never bumped into people by accident, um, Tim. You and I connecting <laughs> is not an accident, I, I know that. And so I pay attention to people who come into my life. I'm very, very present to people. And I started talking to every single person. I think I have done 450 interviews. I was doing them 15 minutes. 10, 15 people a day. One day I'm talking to a girl. She is a social media influencer on Instagram. And Lauren says to me, Gertrude, how can I help you? And I said, Lauren, I have no money. I'm literally creating this with nothing. I can feel that it's already done, that if I just connect with the right people. And she said, I'm being sponsored by the New Zealand government, she said. Tim, one email contact three weeks ago has turned into a $150,000 grant. From New Zealand tours. <laughs> All of the speakers have to help bring 10 people to the conference. 
I'm trying to connect a million women in the first year. So if we have a thousand events and a thousand people at each event, that's a million people. Yeah. It goes back to my grandmother's dream that if you have a problem, break it up into small pieces. It's really a principle that I apply for everything I try and do in business. Every single woman who has come forward, so I ask people to be a chairperson in a location. Their job is to look for the venue and to coordinate the team. So I build teams around that person. If somebody's good with social media, with marketing, with promoting, they choose an aspect that they're really good at. And they have an advisory committee of about 10 to 12 women to start off with. But as we get closer to the conference dates, we build it out. And you end up with a team of 60. We have about 200 volunteers who help coordinate the whole thing. I am creating a social impact project. So every location has to choose something they can get behind around women, around children, the elderly and the homeless. And we will fundraise towards that cause. But the conference is now a bridge between women in the developed world and women in the developing world. I want there to be an exchange of ideas, an exchange of a, collabor a collaborative platform. So for the women in the developed world, I'm saying if you can, take on two projects. One offshore, one onshore. And the offshore project could be one of our sister conferences, like in Zimbabwe, in Malawi, in South Africa, Southeast Asia. I have so many women's organizations that I know around the world that need support. And before the conference has even started, this is already happening. I had a girl who put up her hand in Ireland, in Galway, and she said, Gertrude, I was born in Tanzania. I came back when I was eight. I have these vivid memories of my childhood and I want to go back, but I've no, got no more connections there. I connected her with my Tanzania chairperson. Yep. She's trying to raise money for 100 sewing machines to start a women's empowerment project around sewing. The women in Ireland have raised money. They've each taken on to raise a hundred pounds to buy a sewing machine for a woman in Tanzania. The first order they're going to get is to make the swag bags for this conference. We need a million swag bags. If they make 10,000 bags and we pay them $5 a bag, instead of my going to China to get cheap swag bags, they're going to be made out of African fabric. They will make, they got an order for 10,000, for example they'll get 50,000 US dollars. This is a project that is going to transform thousands of women in this community. So we're replicating that throughout Africa. So all of the swag bags for this conference are going to be out, made out of African fabric. What was your vision when you started your venture? My vision is to change the world one person at a time, one woman at a time, one child at a time. Yeah, through her story. Through her story. Yeah, and connecting all those people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and it feels easy. Path of least resistance is what I'm aiming for now. Mm. And I'm learning based on what I used to do that less is more. I just have to be the source of inspiration. And when I started this thing, I felt like I was holding a bunch of twigs and I, I lit a match. Now I have a bonfire. Uh. And this thing is much bigger than me. It's yeah. just taken on a life and a force of its own. Yeah. And all the women who are coming on board are co-creating it with me. It's not mine to own, yeah. it's ours. Yeah. So the ethos of the conference is the Ubuntu philosophy, that we are one, we yeah. are organisms, we are cells of the same organism. And Ubuntu, there's no you, there's no me. My grandmother used to say that the human race is like the human body. And if you cut your finger and you start to bleed, your white blood cells will rush to that point to heal it. In a week's time, you can't see the scar. 
that's how we should be working, that's how we should be acting, that's how we should be collaborating, that we're part of the same thing. And yeah, it's, it's creating itself. I have no control over it now. Even yeah. if I was to die today, <laughs> it's still going. I know that the her story will yeah. continue without me. Yeah. That's like the aim for everybody, really. That's sort of creating something, isn't it? To make it sort of go on and be bigger than them. And then a legacy and be yeah. a living legacy. Some people create legacies and leave a chunk of change when they're dead. I want to see it while I'm alive. I'm 52 today. Can you imagine what I can do in the next 40 years? How do you deal with an early setback? <laughs> so the overall feel of how you have dealt with your setbacks over that time, I suppose, is probably... When I have setbacks, I, I know I'm going the wrong way. The universe stops me. If something doesn't go according to my plan, it's not the plan. And so I've learned to not resist it, not resent it, just realize I'm just going the wrong way. I'm doing something wrong. And whenever I hit rock bottom, like what I did through my divorce, my separation, losing everything I'd worked for in the last 20 years, I get excited. It's happened so many times because the only way from where I am is up. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> life is cyclical. Mm. Life comes in, in waves. It's got its ups and its downs. And when you learn to ride those waves, life becomes very easy. But what happens is, how long do you decide to stay down? Yeah. That's yeah. the choice we get to make. Yeah. So you either fucking dust yourself off and just get, keep going, or you can stay there and wallow with it, but that's not who I am. I, I've dusted myself off so many times and magical things happen when you take a little step in the direction of your dreams. You don't have to see the whole road to get there. You just have to feel that there is something there. So I think one of my biggest gifts is that I'm a visionary. I, I get shown the end pictures of things very, very clearly. If there is something that I want, I don't think about the money to get it. I think, what does it look like? What does the end picture look like? And then the money shows up and the people show up. And it's the people who've come into my life that have helped me create everything I've created. Very strong visualization. Yeah. Mm. And I think the reason why most people aren't good at doing that is that they aren't clear on what the end looks like. Mm. They get so caught up in I don't have the money, I don't have the skills, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have. When I finished film school, I gave a speech. I had a, a, a premonition. I died at 120. And they're putting my body in the ground and somebody's reading my eulogy and saying everything I was going to achieve in this life. One of the things is that I'm the first African woman to write, direct, and produce an Oscar award-winning screenplay. I have seen it, I have felt it, I have held that Oscar, and I need to catch up with my future self to get it done. And I started saying it in all of my speeches, and when I first said it, I was shaking. Second time I said it, God, it felt so real. The third time I said it, it just felt like having that level of clarity and faith and belief is what does it. Everything else is just detail. But people will start with the how, and they kill their dreams before they start. Have you, uh, have you been to any Tony Robbins events? I have, I'm a firewalker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a firewalker. <laughs> I love him. I think he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Was there a time that you wanted to give up? Yeah. When I decided to leave my husband, I was severely depressed. 
and I was suicidal. When I met him, I remember saying to my mom, I met my husband today. I was 17. <laughs> and I knew I was going to get married to this guy. And I asked him out on the first date and I thought I was going to die with him. We grew apart over the last 20 years. 27 years we were married. The last four or five years were just absolute hell. And I started having a recurring dream. And I would wake up in the morning and I would feel like I am digging myself out of a grave with a teaspoon. But the dream I, that kept recurring was that I, I had committed suicide. On my balcony, I live on a house on a hill and I'm dangling on the balcony and I've used my fluffy pink nightdress cord to, to hang myself. And my kids are coming from school and they see me dangling on the driveway. And I thought I could never do this to my kids. It happened three times, the same dream, and it felt like I had actually done it. When it happened the third time is when I just, I packed my bags. And a couple of things happened before that. I had gone to, to the States. I was speaking at a conference and on the way back, stopped in Sydney to meet my sister's new partner. She was also divorced and about to get remarried and I was meeting her fiance. Flew back to Wellington and I landed at the airport. My sister's like, get on the next plane back. Don had a heart attack. I remember calling my husband. I was in ICU sitting next to this man I had met the weekend before. And I called Barton. I said, Barton, I can't do this anymore. I've got to leave. You're not happy. I'm not happy. And I'm starting to hate you. And I want to be able to come to our children's weddings and we can still be friends. And he said, Get should I agree with you? Tim, our divorce was so amicable. We went down to the magistrate court. We paid $200 and a month later, which was done. <laughs> and we're still good friends. So yeah, I wanted to end my life. I just did not want to be here anymore. But I couldn't do that to my kids. And they're the reason why I'm here. They're the reason why I breathe. They're the reason why I live. Were there any traps that you've fallen into? Yes. That sucks you in? Yes. I'm a very trustworthy person. I look for the goodness in everyone. And just in the creating of her story, the biggest trap I fell into is there's a lot of women who said, yes, 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 I, I want to be a chairperson. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. You know, I was just so excited. I wasn't really screening people. Mm. And one woman in New Mexico, I gave her my New Mexico database and my Grenada database. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We recruited a hundred speakers and then someone said to me, Gertrude, have you protected your idea? And I'm like, ah, I'm in the process of trademarking and everything's still a work in progress. And she said, you need to get people to sign NDAs and non-compete agreements. So I sent it out to everybody. This woman refused to sign. The next thing she says to me, oh, I read the NDA and this is going to block me. And, I, and the NDA just says, please don't use the Her Story conference brand. Next thing I know, she started a conference in New Mexico called Her Story. I thought to myself, I either fight it and get sucked into negativity or I let it go. There's enough to go around. She can go ahead. The people who know me in New Mexico will know it's not my conference and I will just send an email to everybody in the database. And I found out that she's canceled. <laughs> so the universe took care of that. And then yesterday, I had another woman very excited and I should have known something felt wrong when she came on, but I 
brushed away that feeling. My intuition is very strong. She took on Las Vegas, um, Miami, and Manila. She's from the Philippines. Got everything fully sponsored within like two minutes. I found out from her yesterday, sends me an email. You're welcome to come to the conference, but we've decided not to do this conference with your brand. Because I have heard certain things about you and I'm not sure I should be working with you. So I had to file for bankruptcy. I've, I've been through financial challenges, but I, we weren't charging for it. I wasn't taking any money for it. But I think she's just seen how big this thing is and she wants a piece of the pie. Yeah, yeah. And so I didn't respond yesterday. I, I wrote back to her and I said, thank you so much for letting me know. I'll make my community aware that we're no longer working together. But to honor the women who you have said can speak, please keep to that arrangement. And she wrote back and said, and you're welcome to come and speak as well. And so the person who told her all about my stuff, I know who, is one of my best friends. And she was again, one of a chairperson who I asked to stop doing stuff in Brisbane. And Mimi actually told me who it was, who, who's told her everything that has happened to me financially. And I said to her, you know, Mimi, if I don't come, she's one. So I am coming because I've already bought my tickets. I've paid for everything. And I will speak. And I will speak about the Ubuntu philosophy. I'll give the speech I was going to give anyway. And you and I can meet and you can look me in, in the eye and know what kind of a person I am and be the judge of that. So this is all <laughs> very recent. So trust, I'm a very trusting person. And it's tripped me up a couple of times, you know. What inspires and motivates you? My children. I'm motivated to leave this planet having created a better world for them and my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren. It's my kids. In everything I do, they are my driving force. You know when you have these three little beings who see the goodness in you, it doesn't matter whether I succeed or fail. It's my kids. <laughs> it's my kids and I keep imagining when my son is a hundred years old and he has his children and his great-grandchildren and he pulls out a video of me speaking at a conference somewhere yeah. and they see this crazy little African great-great-grandmother who packed a suitcase and traveled to the other side of the world with three kids on her own. That's my motivation. That's awesome. You got a breakthrough that you're particularly proud of? I think my biggest breakthrough in life is when I became a full expression of me. And it happened when I left my husband. There is no holds barred now. This is it. Yeah. And I want to show up in life that way. Because for 27 years, I, I held back on a lot of things. Um, we were very, very different people. I could see the house built, my husband had to see the bricks. So we were just wired 
very, very differently. And I made decisions based on his fears, on his doubts, opportunities missed because of it. So I, I am being a true expression of me. I think that is my biggest breakthrough. How has your vision evolved? It's clearer. Yeah. Much, much clearer. It's more tangible. It's achievable. And in the creation of it, less is more. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to effort. It's, it's not hard. And it will unfold like a rose, very gently, very softly in its time. And it may or may not happen in my lifetime, but it will happen. That's what I have surety around. So what is brand to you and its importance? Is that something that's come up for overarching brand or however you yes. see brand? Yeah. Brand to me is my identity, my point of difference. When I started teaching people to brand themselves, I started with myself. And I start off with what three words would best describe me? I got a testimonial from one of my clients and she said something like, Gertrude is a vibrant bundle of African energy. <laughs> I pulled out the words vibrant, African, and energy. So when I show up in the world as a brand, I show up as being African first. I yeah. can't run away from the color of my no. skin. So <laughs> you shouldn't here I am. <laughs> This is where I'm from. I don't want people to mistake me for being African-American or Caribbean. They will look at an image that I put out and they'll say this is African. That's, so that's number one. Number two, the vibrant part of my brand is reflected in my colors. I wear bright colors. When I'm speaking on stage, it's my bright yellows and oranges because they not only uplift me, but I use color to uplift my audience as well. And the energy part of my brand is reflected in my whole way of being. The way that I speak, the fonts that I use to write my marketing material, they're artistic, they're out of the box. So I think brand is everything. It's, it's what gives you the edge, what gives you your point of difference. Yeah. It's such an interesting beast, isn't it? Because you have control over it, but you have no control, no control whatsoever. Over it at the same time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, is being conscious of your brand helping you, you and your business? Definitely. Yeah. How? Because the ethos of this brand that I'm working on now is based on my Africanness. Mm. So, a lot of people think Ubuntu is Linux software. I, I branded myself as an Ubuntu expert. When I wrote my first book, it's called Born on the Continent, Ubuntu. Mm. And I wove into my life story the philosophy and how I am connected to every single human being I've ever met. So it, it underpins and underlies everything that I do. It's yeah. everything. Mm. It's fascinating. So what have you implemented brand-wise that's caused the greatest impact? And what impact? It's the connection, it's the silos of 10. Yeah. Where I'm saying to a woman, please tell 10 people, and tell 10 people, tell 10 people. I have a database of 2,000 because of it. And it's the connection. And that's what women are craving right now. 
It's the connection, not just online, but in physical spaces, and that's what the conference is about. No, it's great to talk to people in person. Yeah, like, definitely. Online is not... It's not the same. There's no. so many online summits and conferences online. Do you have any, any tips for others who are working on their brand? I would say get clear who you are as a person mm. because your brand is you. Mm. If you can get really clear what you stand for and what your brand stands for, it's easy to build it. But when you try and copy or emulate other people's stuff, then all you're doing is copying and it's not really yours. So I think that's, that's really the starting point. Get yeah. clear, who are you? How do you want to show up in the world? Because there's only one you. Yes. There is only one you. You're unique. And if you can realize how unique you are and weave that into whatever you're putting into your brand, then it's just magical. It's the best way to build a brand. Yeah. 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 Awesome, thank you so much. Awesome, no, it's a pleasure. And the sun right. is shining. I was worried yesterday that it would be a horrible I day. Know, I know, especially after yesterday. Uh, now we can move around and defrost. Yeah. If you're listening, Gertrude, thanks so much again for taking part in the project. It was very, very much appreciated. For you, the listener, if you would like to start a conversation or learn more about Gertrude, then head over to the show notes page where you'll find the links to her website, social media, and contact info. If you would like to be interviewed, or you know somebody who would be a great fit for the project, please, please, please get in contact. Send me an email at tim at timson.co or just head over to the um, Timson Co. website, uh, click on the projects from the menu and fill out the application form. Thank you so much. Um, thanks a lot for listening. And until next episode, keep on hustling.